Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Thinking too, like the discovery they talk about in early childhood education, 
um, capital D discovery and lowercase d discovery. Capital D discovery is something that has just been discovered for the first time. No human to our knowledge has ever discovered it before. But for children, lowercase d discovery feels like capital D discovery for them. They have, right. they have never discovered it before. And so for an adult, it creates a lot of joy to get to witness these moments of enlightenment and encouragement and excitement and discovery about, wow, I hit this car into this other car and look, Martha, it goes, it goes. Yeah. And it's very fun to celebrate that joy. It is, it is. That's so cool. I, yes. I hadn't heard that those concepts yeah. of like capital D versus little d discovery. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's, those are those mirror neurons. If you have listened to any of the podcasts that Martha and I have separately produced or then produced together because um, we merged podcasts, we which did. is very exciting. Uh, we talk about mirror neurons a lot. So if that's a new concept to you, mirror neurons are a specific part of your brain that fires when you see somebody else doing something or feeling something. So that's something that kind of makes us human, right? In many ways is I can watch Martha experience sadness and I then will feel sad. Mm -hmm. And those mirror neurons, that joy is the same way. So seeing someone else excited often makes you excited. Feelings are contagious. And that's how we learn many things is by watching somebody do something that's called modeling. And then we learn to do it ourselves. So yes, that's a, we'll talk about that for gratitude as well. But that's a little highlight of some of the uh, neurological mechanisms that are going on in your brain when you're doing this. Yeah, and the way that I really like to think about mirror neurons is like when you see someone get hurt mm -hmm. and then you feel that hurt, like you are like, yeah. oh, yeah, like that feeling that you get right then. Absolutely. That is like the mirror neurons. This is firing. interesting. This, I, we have not planned to talk about this, but I'm doing homework all the time for my master's degree in early childhood education. But one of the things I read this morning, actually, Martha, is that there's something called the video deficit, mm -hmm. which humans have never really before had to learn in two dimensions versus three dimensions. All of our ancestors learned in three dimensions. Right. And while children can learn from two-dimensional things like photographs, books, um, videos, mm -hmm. like learning educational videos, there's something called the video deficit where if somebody models something in front of you as a physical person, you retain twice as much of the steps than if you were to see the same thing modeled on videotape. Wow. I know. I read that literally this morning before we came together. And I was like, that kind of blows my mind is that the presence of a physical person performing whatever action it is, our brains are more readily equipped to pick up that information, which is really the importance of a warm, positive adult-child relationship, it, we cannot speak to that enough, that that is something that is so valuable to kids and to adults. So getting that face-to-face -face time is really, really important for doing things like teaching gratitude. Yeah. Woo. All right. Well, let's talk about some ways to help foster gratitude because I do feel like... Um, I don't know. There's this like tug of war going on around like the holiday season, yes. which uh, Thanksgiving kind of kicks off that time of year. And it's to me, it feels very much like um, capitalism versus like connection. Yeah, like sure. a lot of times there is this like 
a lot of the outside world is telling you like you need you want you need the scarcity mindset mm -hmm. and then the holiday is supposed to be around like gratitude and, and abundance and we abundance. have so much look at how much we have yeah and truly here we do have so much we do that we overlook and it is easy to be because of your mirror neurons it's easy to overlook when someone around you is grouchy or feeling like they don't have enough it's easy for you to also feel that way and I will argue that if you live in America certainly there's poverty in America absolutely yeah and also the poverty that we experience in America is nothing like the poverty experienced worldwide right which is something we don't even consider because we don't have uh, we don't have to face that on a daily basis so it is interesting even when you are struggling mm -hmm. there are so many things you can still be thankful for yes yes and it really helps like yes um, to focus on those things that we can be thankful for. Yes, because if you don't use it, you lose it, y'all. That's like yeah. the rule of physical bodies, yeah. and that's true structurally in your mind. The neural development, it, a pathway in your brain, a neural pathway, which is like a road your brain takes, it is strengthened the more you use it over time. So your brain is meant to prune, to get rid of and cut away pathways you don't use very frequently, which is why forming new habits is very difficult because your brain wants to take the most efficient route. So yeah. that's true of thoughts, that's true of physical habits. So when you're trying to rewrite something, like if you've been struggling to feel grateful or you've been unhappy, and you're trying to rewrite with positive thought processes or positive habits, perhaps, like even if it's just, I'm not going to eat a Snickers every night before bed, just every other night before bed or in the <laughs> afternoon, um, then that is something that you can do you can rewire your brain structurally but it takes effort and right. so these are some ways that we are going to talk with you listeners about you compassionate caregivers that you can rewire that neural architecture your brain's architecture so that you're more likely to use these techniques yeah yeah um and as with almost every episode um of this podcast Take what serves you and leave what doesn't. Absolutely. So if we results list something, may vary. yeah, <laughs> results may vary, and there might be there are things that we're going to talk about that are easier done than others. So absolutely. take what serves you and leave what does not. Yes, absolutely. And keep in mind that sometimes, even when we're instituting new practices with ourselves and with children. It might take two weeks. Maybe yeah. try it for a, a period of time. So I'm going to try it for 10 days and see how I feel. Yeah. Because sometimes we implement systems and we're like, well, it didn't work the first time, so it's not going to work. So never yes. again. <laughs> sometimes it takes time to adjust. However, please, please, this is just a range, a spectrum of ideas that you could use to help support yourself and the children in your lives that you care for and your partners. So Exactly. We're excited. Yes. Okay, so thing number one that we can talk about maybe trying is listing five things you are grateful for each day. Yes. This is just, pract again, that's practicing the muscle, right? Yeah. I'm going to think of five things every day that I'm grateful for. It's going to help me be more aware of what I have to be grateful for. Yeah, because for some of the days, I because I have done this, 
you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh no, I did not pay attention <laughs> to what I was grateful for. <laughs> and then you really struggle to think of the five things. And But by like kind of yeah. holding yourself accountable every day to that, then you really do start to think more about do I throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the same too for things like, there are things to be grateful for even in moments where there's not, it, it's very dark. So, or very overwhelming. Um, Martha knows, listeners might not know, uh, my husband was very ill with COVID before any vaccines were out, um, or I guess available to the general public. Right. It was, I think, February of 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, We got it in January, and then, like, February, he was admitted to the hospital. And even in that time, we had so much to be thankful for, Um, even though it was scary, even though it was hard. We had a multitude of support and keeping in mind the things just just for today I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like but today I am grateful for these five things and keeping that in mind helps you to stay positive helps you to stay grounded helps you to stay focused yep yeah exactly and really being intentional mm-hmm. about it is is very helpful absolutely and speaking of intentionality <laughs> This is something that I have borrowed from, I believe, nonviolent communication. I actually should double check this. Uh, changing your language, being intentional about your language, I get to versus I have to. Mm-hmm. So I have to go to work. I have to do the laundry. I have to get the gas in the car. To I get to because that feels like an opportunity. You really do have choice. You right. feel like you don't in many things. However, the choice is... I choose not to go to work. I choose not to get paid. I choose not to put gas in the car. I choose not to go to wherever I want to go. So you actually have more choice than you think. And by um, mentally making this language shift, you can actually realize that these are actually things that you can be grateful for. I have a job. Right. I get to make money. I get to have money to put the gas in the car. I get to go to my friend's house or this trip. And so just changing that, even if you don't feel it right away, really does help you feel less um, controlled, I guess, by your external environment. Yeah, it's like a language shift in autonomy. Absolutely. Um, as well as, as fostering gratitude, but that autonomy of like, yeah, I get to go yes. to the grocery store today. Yes, and that is one of the most basic needs we have as humans is power and control of our own life. And I think a lot of times we have realized through this experience with the pandemic, we don't have as much power and control as we thought we did. Yeah. And I think that was very difficult for many people. Hand up. Yes. Me. (laughs) Yes. Because it's like, oh, actually everything we have, we had the expectation that when I said I was going to have this event at this time, I would be able to go. Surprise, I can't anymore. Or I expected to be able to go into work every day. Surprise, I can't anymore. So there were a lot of shifting expectations that was very challenging for many people. And when you keep in mind this area of like, oh, I get to do this, it allows you to kind of feel more powerful and release some of your death grip of control over, I have to, I have to do it. So it allows you to be more gentle with yourself also if you don't complete it that day. Right, right. 
I, yeah, I get to do this tomorrow. Yes, I'm so lucky for me. I can't wait to do it tomorrow. Yeah, and another way to like help shift that language is by listening to positive affirmations. Yes. The repetition, yes. so important for children, also really important for us as adults. Oh, yes. Put it on in the car while you're driving the kids to school. Yeah, yeah, because then they can enjoy it, you can enjoy it. It's like helping everyone like really um, think about the ways that we can be more positive in yes. the world. And I think you don't think about these things regularly, right? It's right. something that we don't exercise. I personally listen to positive affirmations, at least on the way to work every morning, because it helps me. I go yeah. to work very early in the morning. I work with small children, and I always arrive feeling very positive. Most of the time I listen to abundance affirmations, because that's something that I combat from my childhood, feeling anxiety. We were, we, I lived in a very abundant household. Let me start by saying that. Um, <clears throat> however, there was anxiety from my family about finances because my parents were a small business owner. Right. So even when we were doing well, it felt like you were maybe always on the edge of potentially not doing well. Luckily, we have always been very like blessed in that. So that is really nice, but that does permeate how you think about your finances, your money, what's available to you. So rewriting these like mental patterns and habits it's very important and as i listen i find i am very blessed i do have a lot that people do not have and some days i'm like oh it's monday i have to go to work mm -hmm. and so i you can find affirmations for pretty much anything i found one for monday mornings wow one day it was like i can't wait to crush this monday <laughs> this monday is going to be delightful i love going to work even on mondays and it was very helpful by the time i got to work i felt very relieved and it reminded me that every day is a good day to be alive mm -hmm. it is very joyful to do that so listening to that rewriting that especially if words fill your bucket mm -hmm. i'm somebody who positive affirmation uh, words of affirmation, they really do fill my bucket and make me feel so happy and loved. And sometimes if you have a mindset of negatively forcing yourself to do things with admonishments, it's really important to rewrite that. Yeah. Out of curiosity, where do you listen? YouTube. You can find awesome. anything on YouTube, my friends. Yeah. Uh, if you type in positive affirmations, you could type in positive affirmations for graduate students, for students, for parents, for um, relationships, for money, for small business success. You can really find anything on you can get there. Very specific. Yes. It's very important too to open up your mind to different ways to be grateful because I think too you don't you think what you know. Yeah. And so when someone says something I, I listened to one once that was like, I'm grateful for all the fruits and vegetables that are available to me at the grocery store. And I was like, I am grateful for that. Yeah. I had not thought about that before, but a lot of people, there are food deserts everywhere, right. even in the United States. So that is something that is very, I completely overlook that. And that is a, a huge, wonderful asset that we get to celebrate and enjoy. So listening to that can help you think of new things to be grateful for if you feel like I... 
I can't think of the same 10 things over and over again because I'm exhausted from thinking of these 10 things. Right. And for some people, like, the novelty is going to be key. Yes. So it's nice that there are so many. I yes. imagine there are also some on Spotify. Yes, um, I'm sure. Yeah. And speaking of novelty, Martha, mm-hmm. so, again, in my co- I'm in a cognitive development class right now. There's something called habituation and dishabituation. And so when you are habituated, it means you are used to a stimulus and you ignore it. Right. And so that's how they kind of test infants to see what they expect, what infants are aware of cognitively. And when you hear something a lot or you're around something a lot, perhaps something to be grateful for, you begin to ignore it because it's a common part of your life. However, if you change something small about it, it's called dishabituation, meaning all of a sudden they're saying new words. So if you are finding yourself tuning out to gratitude, maybe change the way you approach it. Maybe instead of writing lists, you're doing a different thing. Listen to a different set of positive affirmations. Because like we said, you become acclimated, you become used to things that you're grateful for. The four walls around you, having electricity, having running water. I know people who grew up without plumbing in their house. And that was until they turned 10. She said they didn't have any indoor plumbing, not even water. And she's a fairly, I mean, had a regular childhood, but you don't think about those things. So considering like switching up your gratefulness routine is really important and how you think about what you have in your life. Yeah, Um, this is a a little bit of a (laughs) tangent, but I studied abroad in England Mm -hmm. and I, like, something that I did not realize is, like, because I was in Canterbury, which is a very tiny town in England, and, like, 6 p.m. and on, if you did not already own the thing that you wanted... It's closed. You could not get it. (laughs) It's gone. Like, nowhere in the whole town could I go buy chocolate after 6 p.m. That's a tough one. (laughs) And I was just like, oh... And it made me, like, really grateful for being in America where I can run to, like, any gas station at any time and go get chocolate, you know? And I just was like, oh, my gosh. And I think about that often. Yeah. Of, like... Access. Yeah. Access is a huge thing to be grateful for. Yes. I think about that in less ways like that because I'm extra spoiled. (laughs) We live in Chicago. I don't know if all of our listeners do. I assume they don't. But we can pretty much get literally whatever we want delivered to us within about a two-hour time window. Yeah. Whether it's food or groceries or something that I need from Walgreens, it is wild. The ability we have to do that. Yeah. And even when I go to visit my parents, they live in a smaller town now. They moved to retire. And it's like, oh, dang, I can't have... This will be four days? Are you for real? Which is, again, such a ridiculous expectation that I have that things could come to me within two hours of me wanting them. Right. That is a huge gift, and not everybody has that. Even four days is pretty good. You used to have to go, wait several times, order it. Maybe it would take a month to get to you. So keep in mind, this kind of leads into our next point, which is imagine you only have what you say thank you for. That is a great tip for uh, increasing your willingness to say thank you and seeing what's in your life, like delivery services or... You know, I have a partner who does the dishes or who wants me to succeed, or I have a partner who helps with the kids, or 
I have a job that I love as a nanny. Mm -hmm. That's a huge gift. So sometimes we are more likely, because it's human nature, to view things in a more negative light. And if you imagine, what if I literally only had what I said thank you for? I would not be sitting on any furniture, Martha. Right. I would not be sleeping in a bed. I would not have a desk or a computer to have access to my classes or to connect to my work life. And that's something that, like electricity, I pretty much never say thank you for that. Huge, huge, huge bonus, especially keeping warm in the Chicago winters. Yeah. And I think that that would be such a lovely thing to like an exercise to do with the children in your care yeah. of like going around and being like, like, let's say thank you yes, to yes. like your toys. Let's say thank you to the food in the fridge. Yes. Like let's go around the house and like yeah. say thank you yeah. to all of the things that we interact with yeah. and use every day. That'd be an easy post-it note activity. Yeah. To be like, these are our thank you post-its. They're purple. Yeah. Let's go put purple post-its on things we feel thankful for. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you're touching on the importance of modeling thankfulness because children pick up on what you do. It's like what we talked about with those mirror neurons, right? They learn from watching you. That's their whole job. Right. And children are more likely to replicate behavior seen between adults than they are seen adult to child because they're trying to grow into adults. So. Yeah. If you are speaking very kindly to your children, but not very kindly to your partner, I know we've talked about this in a previous episode as well, your child is going to pick up on that. Right. And they're going to start emulating how you speak to your partner. So modeling thankfulness there. I love to say, thank you for saying thank you. Mm -hmm. And the kids start to say thank you for saying thank you too. It's really fun to see that. Yes, yes. yes. And then I know we talked about this before, but it's it's the hill that I will die on. Um, (laughs) Is if you are starting to hear some rude language from your children and you have robots in your house, speakers that are robots, I will not say their names, so I do not set them all off. Um, (laughs) But you know what I mean, the Blexas. And the Rearies. And the Rearies, yes. Um, those robots, if children do not know that those are not humans. And so they see those interactions as the same as an interaction between their, their caregiver and another adult. And so if we are speaking rudely to the robots in our house, then the children will start speaking rudely to everyone. Yes. Because they cannot tell the difference yes. yet. And so, just keep that in mind as you are talking to the robots in your house. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Again, I feel like everything, I'm like, I've been reading in my cognitive development. Well, you did tell me that you have to read like 300 pages a week. So, it makes sense. Uh, Children, when they're really little, lack representational skills, which is why a lot of times they're not recommending television or any screen time for children under two. Right. And actually, they find that it decreases children's cognitive abilities if they're under two because they don't have representational abilities yet to be like this is a model standing in for human this is a model standing in for whatever so they really probably cannot process like you said that they are not an adult and likewise how about servers how about the barista how about the person at the gas station how about uh someone on the train how you're speaking to strangers children will pick up on that as well yeah, yeah. So it's really yeah. important to 
model kindness and gratitude throughout the way that we talk. Absolutely. Um, especially if that is an area that you are noticing growth is needed. Yes. And speaking of growth and modeling, this is something that I have been working on and I know we, we literally did this this morning, letting people offer you kindness, whether that's emotional support, physical support, it could be compliments, it could be gifts, because gift giving gives to the gift giver. Yes. And if you don't allow people to do that, you're robbing from them the opportunity to feel good about something that they have done. Mm -hmm. And accepting those gifts of abundance. This morning, Monica was like, I'm going by Starbucks, would you like anything? And my original thought was, no, I'm good. But then I was like, Martha loves to give gifts. That I is do. her like way to show love. She enjoys it. And I was like, I will have a tiny, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this cup of whatever. And it brought her joy. It brought me joy. It was delicious, everyone. Uh, feel free to sponsor us, Starbucks. Yeah. If you'd like to, we'll take your money. We It'll will. Great. Uh, get that Starbucks And we will money. be thankful for it. Yes, and we love it. So just <laughs> let it flow in, you guys. Uh, but allowing people to offer you kindness and support. So often we say, no, I'm fine, no, I'm fine, no, I'm fine. And I honestly think that's an American value. Yep. We are super independent. We want to be independent. And going back to your capitalism discussion, I saw something recently that said the idea that your teenager needs to leave your home by 18 and be independent and never come back actually benefits capitalism. Yeah. Because if they can sell you four TVs per family and you all need four cars and you all need four living spaces and that's four electricity bills and that's four ComEd bills, whereas communal living is true in most of the world and yeah. intergenerational households are true in most of the world. In America, we're very suspicious of that yeah. um, and it kind of violates our expectations. but. In most of the world, that is how people survive and have survived for millennia. Yep. So allowing yourself to accept community support and not be isolated mm -hmm. will go a long way in fostering your gratitude and helping children learn to be grateful for the gifts that they have. Because so often we are given gifts and we reject them. Right. Right. Without even noticing. Right. Yes. Um, the, yeah, can I get you something and just your automatic response being like, no. Yeah. Um, or how are you? I'm fine. Yeah. But you're not. Yeah, you're yeah. not. Um, and I also think that this is really important for like helping around the holidays. Absolutely. If you are hosting. Oh, yeah. And people are offering to help or bring things, saying yes to that. Or clean up afterwards. Or clean up afterwards. Saying yes to that is really important especially for young adults yes. to be able to help. Now, I will say <laughs> that if and when you accept this help because you've listened to this podcast and you're like, yes, I'm going to try this, you also have to accept it as it comes. Yes. So if a, a teenager is wanting to help you chop up vegetables and you include them in that which i i highly recommend i think you should yeah and they do it slightly different than how you would have done it it's thank okay you so thank you yes. so much this was so helpful yes and you can say like this is how i might do it if you find a way that works best for you that's great too because sometimes they've never done it before right and also allowing people to help you and again relinquishing some of that control because there's so many over functioners 
yes. who refused to. And I'm a recovering overfunctioner. Everyone, okay, this is overfunctioners anonymous. And Brene Brown's in our camp too. Yes, so not that anonymous. <laughs> but it is. My husband often is like, "How can I help you? Like, let me do some of this. You don't have to do all of this." Right. And I didn't even think about that. Because I'm used to just being like, I'll do it all, I'll do it all, and I'm going to be happy about it. I get to do it all. Yeah, I get <laughs> to do it all. <laughs> uh, but it's like little things like he can take the mail to the like post office. That's way easier for him anyways. He's got one in his building. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. He, he loves to do things like unload the dishwasher and take care of things like that for me. Because I hate to unload the dishwasher, but I love cleaning the dishes. Right. So it's like allowing people to support you in that way. That's that's abundance. Yeah. Having people help you, having people offer to help you. Uh, my husband and I are about to have a baby in three months. Woo-hoo. So we're emotionally preparing to be like, and we're going to let everybody help us. Yes. Because that's something that they train you. It's like you have to allow people who want to support you, bring you meals, do whatever. Let them do that because you're going to be so tired. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like a little emotional boot camp for that. It's like allowing that abundance, accepting that. So open yourself to receiving that abundance and those gifts. It increases your gratitude. It makes the person who's giving you the gift feel grateful that they had the opportunity to bless you and to encourage you and to give you that joy. And it strengthens your connection with that person. Absolutely. There's actually, so there's scientific evidence that if someone does a favor for you, it doesn't make you like them better. It makes them like you better. Wow. So, and it's the, I think the psychological breakdown of this is, is that logically, if you're thinking, I will do a favor for this person, then you think, wow, I must really like them. So that's some advice that I've heard people give in like relationships is like, if you feel ungrateful for your partner, start doing favors for them. Yeah. And do nice things for them because it will, you are literally investing yourself, your time, your money, your energy and your brain says, well, I must really like this person. And it helps you to reconnect. So it's very, isn't it interesting? In theory, you'd think that it would make us like the other person better when they're doing something nice for us. But yeah. it's when we do something nice for them that we like them better. Fascinating. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love it. I you can also... use this to your advantage at work. Ask your boss to do you a favor. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I was also thinking about the like accepting help and as it comes. Mm-hmm. And if you are accepting help and somebody offered like back to the vegetables cutting up. Yeah. If they need to be a certain size for the recipe, like if it is crucial, explaining why. Yeah is really important there. Not saying like you did it wrong or whatever, but explaining like, oh, these onions actually need to be chopped up a little bit smaller for this recipe to like work. Um, Would you be willing to give it another go? And that's, use the compliment sandwich. Sometimes they call it the S word sandwich because that's actually (laughs) the meat in the middle. But when you're giving a redirection or um, a request for a behavior change, whether it's with a child for the redirection or a request for behavior change with adults. Mm-hmm. And really, a redirection with a child is a request for behavior change because you can't control your child. No. Nope. <laughs> you can just encourage cooperation, <laughs> which is why explaining helps. Yes. So first you thank the person. You say something kind about the person. Um, like, oh, thank you so much for offering to help. That's so generous. I was feeling so overwhelmed, and you really made me feel so good. 
when you're chopping these, will you please make sure they're this size because uh, for this recipe to work, they need to be this size. I don't know why. It's a weird mystery of, of cooking, <laughs> cooking sciences. Um, I feel like you could probably do it better than me, though, because you have such an eye for precision, and I am not that detail-oriented. Compliment. Request for behaviors change. Compliment. And it encourages. Usually the second compliment is meant to encourage that person. Um, it's just kind communication, too. Yeah. When you're asking for that. you're If you're continually badgering someone... That's very deflating. But yeah. if you help to encourage them and overflow their cup, they feel like they have more to give. And they're more likely to try. Right. Because they feel supported. We we want to do things for people we feel like like us. Yes. 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 We want them to keep liking us because we like them. So, yes. Yeah. Um, totally. Um, if Especially if you have smaller children yes. in your house. Sometimes just talking about being thankful... Uh, yes. Can they? They don't have concrete. Uh, yes, they don't have the representational skill. Yeah, they don't have the representational yeah. skill. Yeah, they're pre-operational. <laughs> so like, they they need to be able to see yeah. the thankfulness yeah. to re for it to really sink in. Yeah. Um. So a lot of times I've seen like thankfulness trees. Yeah. Or grateful trees. Yeah. Um, that are like you kind of out of like butcher paper make like the uh the trunk. Yeah. I was like, stem is not yes. the right word. The trunk of the tree and like some branches. Yes. And then every day writing on a few leaves yes. the things that you are thankful for. We've done this as a project in the classroom too. Um, where either we took a, a tree branch, like a larger tree branch, not a super heavy one because we were going to hang it from the ceiling. Oh yeah. And then you, um, you have the children say things they're thankful for. And so we would write down on the paper if they could not write themselves or if they could, they would write it down. And um, you would hole punch it, hang it up with ribbon up onto the tree branch. Um, and if you have like a pot, you could put soil in it. You could put it on your front porch, you could put it on your back porch, you could just put it in your living room. Soil to hold it still and then you hang. Kind of looks like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree vibe. Yeah. If you've ever seen those before, listeners, but like basically a naked tree with like leaves um, hanging. It's a great project for kids too. Yeah. And if they physically, if you have the paper in different colors, like fall leaf colors, mm -hmm. and you have them trace and cut out uh, the leaf shape, that's even more power for them that they get to feel like they're really processing this activity. And so hanging them up is very fun representation of that. I know you've mentioned the jars, too, you've done in the past. I know you've done kindness yeah. jars, too. Yeah. Um, thankfulness jars is another great way. Every time you say you're thankful for something, let's put it in the jar. Or yeah. you said thank you for dinner. I'm thankful for dinner, too. Let's put it in the jar. Yeah. They get to see how many things they're thankful for. Yeah. And then, like, at the end of the month or if you did it even for, like, Thanksgiving week, yes. if you all wrote down your five things that you're grateful for yes. each day and put them yes. in the jar. And then at the end of the week, like really going through all of those. Yeah. Or your purple post-its. If you're doing that for your thankful, we're thankful for the light. We're, yeah. And then at the end of the day, we're going to put them in the yeah. jar. Different one for, I think that'd be great. That's yeah. Really cool. And then you can really see how like it stacks up. Yes. And even repeats still are like, Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So many things I'm grateful for every single day. Every single day. Yes. 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 Oh. And those are, yeah, those are just 
nice ways, I think, to to physically visualize, visualize um, in the three-dimensional yes. space, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's all coming for a full circle for us here in this, <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> it really is. Well, and lastly, we, we talked a little bit about this in previous podcasts as well. Um, we're, we're calling it mealtime talk for right now. You can do it before bed. You can do it in the car. You can do it at breakfast. You can do it literally any Anytime. second you think of it. Uh, I like to it's call like it bagel bites. Yeah, thankfulness in the morning, thankfulness in the evening, thankfulness at supper time. <laughs> when thankfulness is on a bagel, you can eat thankfulness in any time. And I am thankful for bagel bites. Me too. Pieces, I love them. Um, so something that I like to do with kids is best, worst, and most surprising. I also do this with adults. Yeah. It's lovely because. There's always a best, worst, and most surprising. And sometimes kids who are like, I don't have one. You're like, oh, but every day you have something that is the best, even if it wasn't a great day. Right. And you have something that's the worst, even if it was a great day. Mm-hmm. And you have something that surprised you because it's the most surprising. It doesn't have to be something that is extremely surprising. Right. Just, what, what did you not expect today? Um, but for the thankfulness, you can try to focus just on best or what were you thankful for today. Um, I've heard people say, like, what did you learn today? What questions did you ask today? Yeah. So something to get children thinking about this, or, or even you and your partner, modeling that for them. And maybe you two started, if you have a partner at dinner, if you have another adult or a, another caregiver in the life, if it's your mom who's also at the dinner table, if you live in an intergenerational home, like, Mom, what were you thankful for today? And then you can share one and the kids can share one. So getting them thinking about that as you go along. Yeah, and that modeling, again, so important there um, because a lot of times if you just try to start it, like, yep, demanding the kid go first, it's like the kid is like, what? What What are are you doing? Yeah, Um, yeah, and I have often used the rosebud thorn Mm -hmm. um, for that, but I love also best, worst, and most surprising. Um, But rosebud and thorn is like, the rose is what you're grateful for. The bud is what you're looking forward to. Yeah. Like a little bud, not ready, not yet. Something something exciting coming your way. Yeah, something exciting in the future. And then the thorn is like the worst. Yeah. um, Or the the part of the day that didn't feel great. Yeah. And if you have children or, I mean, you probably, I don't know if you have a partner who isn't as verbal. We like talking about differentiating because I'm also getting my learning behavior specialist uh, certification, which is like special education and diverse learners. If you're looking to differentiate this activity for people who have different ability levels, especially verbally, Mm -hmm. you can create just a piece of paper that says, I am thankful for with pictures of things and have the child point because some children, they're still little, even if they are typically developing speech wise. They might need some help. Yeah. Or uh, something we talked about in one of my classes is if you ask one child, then all the children are like, yes, pizza is also my favorite food because that's the only food I can think of right now because someone else said it first. Right. So having physical pictures of things, this is two-dimensional, but still, yeah. that they can point to to say like, oh, yes, I like spaghetti or I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for books. I'm grateful for my family or a friend, you know, my stuffed animal. That helps children to kind of learn to verbalize that, even ones that are struggling verbally. Yeah, and I'm thinking about, like, if you tied that in with your purple sticky note idea of, like, then you could take a 
like an actual picture of what they put the sticky note next to yeah. and then turn that easily into that chart the, absolutely. Yeah, that they can then point to because yes. they chose the to put the sticky item. note there. Yes. So that's taking it like three-dimensional back down to two-dimensional, but they learned it in the yeah. three-dimensional space. Absolutely. That's really cool. That's a great idea. Thank you. I just thought of it. I love it. We're coming <laughs> up with ideas like you wouldn't believe in here, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, those are those are our main ideas. Um, but we, I also invite you <laughs> to write in. Tell with us yours, your yeah, ideas we need help too. Yeah, because yes. I'm always looking for new ideas, ways to be thankful. Um, and so, if there's something, if there's a tradition that you do in your family, we'd love to hear that. We would love to hear it. You can email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. Um, and if you would include your permission for us to share it, we would love to. We would love to share with other folks because one of the best ways to learn is through community. Absolutely. Um, and so if you're listening and you're like, oh, they didn't mention this one and it's one of my favorites. Please tell, we probably don't know it. So yeah. we need help. <laughs> we we will be help. grateful for you sharing that with us. We yes. definitely will. Yes. Um, so we'll, hey, Katie. Yes. Thank you so much for oh taking gosh. time. Martha, thank you. It's a joy to be with you all the time. It I really, really truly to love you. Yes, love being together. Yes. And uh, thank you all for listening. Happy November to everyone. <laughs> We're so grateful for you guys. We really are grateful for you. If you're taking time to listen to our words, it really is very, very meaningful to both of us mm-hmm. um, that you all tune in and listen and that you care about the children in your lives yes and we care about you we do happy november thanks for listening we'll see you next week the compassionate caregiver podcast is produced and hosted by katie anderson and martha tyler if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content please consider becoming a patreon member Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.